1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply ctmobile.com. Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors is sponsored by Intervine. Get the best camping lanterns, flashlights, and more at Intervine.com. All right.
2: Hello and welcome to another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us this week. My name is Tony Colombo in studio with producer Chad Ellis and my partner Bo Matthews. Bo, how's it going?
3: I'm doing good, Tony. How are you guys doing?
2: You know, I can't. Uh, I can't complain. Um, it's a, it's a crazy world. There's lots to talk about. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to focus on the positive as much as possible. Absolutely. How about you? Yeah,
3: <laughs> is, it, is it a net positive experience? Is life a net positive experience? <laughs> is it more positive than negative?
2: Uh, currently the experience is probably a net positive if you stay away from the television and social media. <laughs> so ain't, ain't that, that really the truth?
4: Posi- <laughs> 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 a catch-22. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: I tell you what, you know, it's interesting to, you know, to be on uh, these talk stations in St. Louis because, you know, you really do, I feel you really do get the truth in talk radio. When it comes to network television, it is so divisive. And it's so uh, absurd because uh, the other night on the RNC, uh, we heard from uh, the governor of Iowa, very, very impressive lady that is the governor up there. And I had no idea, no idea at all that, uh, that I was decimated by this huge storm. And I think, was it Tony that you sent out the name and the explanation of that storm with a hundred mile an hour winds uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Because I know it was about never the storm recorded. I didn't
2: send out. Yeah, I don't think I was the one that sent out any information, but I am aware of that. I'm aware I, of that storm. What do they call it, like the hundred year storm or something like that? Or? Well,
3: it had a name and I can't yeah. remember what the name is. But but the funny thing was, is, you know, when when we flooded in 93, we had people from all over the region and beyond come in to help us sure. You know, with water and sandbagging and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh! If I would have known how bad that storm was, I would have went. I would have went to help because they helped us so many years ago. Mm-hmm. And the, the, it just it blew me away. And it just proved that it's such a disservice on network television, network news channels. It's like, come on let's tell let's tell the real story of America, not just what you want people to believe. There so, anyway, are so I'm, many. I'm
2: well, there are so many things that happen in the in the the world today that that just a few years ago would have dominated the news cycles that don't 100%. even get that don't even get discussed yeah, like anymore the, because like the two
4: hurricanes Yeah <laughs>
2: yeah because because Trump has dominated the headlines so much and has been the sole focus of the media by and large since his arrival on the political scene that it's all we talk about is what ever Trump hear about. and the Democrats. Yeah, all we hear about, all we talk, all the media talks about, um, is you know Trump and the Democrats and their war and whatever and things that used to be, get you know types of stories like the storm and and other events that have happened uh, over the last few years that would used to have been news making. Events right. don't even get talked about anymore because we're so focused on the palace intrigue with Trump and Pelosi and Biden and the election we're just, and coronavirus. Yeah, we're, just being,
3: wow. we're being fed. Yeah. And, and it's just uh, it's just heartbreaking. But anyway, my heart goes out to those in Iowa. I had no idea. And I'm so sorry I didn't. So, yeah, it
4: was uh, actually a part this storm hit. Iowa, Nebraska, Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin,
3: and Michigan before it start losing steam. So Oof. this is crazy. Wow. Over two hundred thousand people without power. It was uh, yeah, okay. So the name of it that I thought you had sent out was Derrico.
0: Yep. Gotcha.
3: yeah. Uh, so anyway, it just it just ripped up so
2: much. But anyway, hi guys. Hey everybody. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of talk, lots to talk about today. We are a little bit later in the show. Going to talk uh, some fishing. We're going to get out in the great outdoors a little bit later on. Talk to our buddy uh, Mark McMurray, the owner of Bluff City Outdoors. That really uh, cool catfish tournament, the Alton Catfish Classic, is just is just a few weeks away. So we're going to talk to him about that. So that'll be some fun stuff. We're all also going to uh, dive into all the stories of the week. We had the RNC this week, the DNC last week. So we're going to have some reaction to that specific to uh, the Second Amendment. Um our, our friend Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller, a columnist from The Daily Caller. Uh, if you've listened to 97.1 for any amount of time, I don't know if she's been on KMOX before or not, probably. Uh, but uh, she's, Virginia's been uh, um, a part of many of the shows uh, on 97.1, so you're probably familiar with her um, and her work at The Daily Caller. She has been focused on the conventions for the last couple of weeks, and we're going to talk to her about Um, The election and not not just nationally, but also locally, like the uh, governor election here in the state of Missouri and its potential uh, effects on your Second Amendment rights. How much impact could these elections really have? on uh, on gun laws and uh, Second Amendment rights and all of that stuff. So uh, we'll get to all those answers and have a great discussion with Virginia Cruda coming up in the next segment. And right now, we will start the show the way we always start the show with our friend Aaron Tarlow, the owner of Southern Armory. Aaron, great to talk with you, my friend. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Cannot complain, sir. How's uh, how's everything at the shop?
1: Still hopping. But we're still getting in ammo, and we're still getting in guns. Hmm. Uh, ten more AR-15s coming in from our our manufacturer, and uh, we had somebody in the shop the other day who was amazed that we had a bunch of guns or a bunch of ammo sitting on the shelves. He's like, "I go everywhere, and I can't, I can't find any." So, if uh, you need ammo, you need guns. Come down. We're getting ready to start classes back up. Cool. Got that all, all those beats. So- uh, details out yeah what's
2: up so i know that uh i know that 2020 has given every reason under the sun to buy a gun, and we've talked about that all year, whether it be coronavirus or the uh, social unrest and, you know, all these new gun buyers. But you you mentioned the AR-15s, um, and we saw, obviously, the uh, McCloskeys have been such a part of the news cycle here lately, and uh, Mark McCloskey and his AR-15, you know, has been a, a national story has uh has that McCloskey story had an impact on gun sales like that specific story have you heard any you know has that seemed to spike sales in AR15s or were AR15s already popular enough on their own and didn't need Martin McCloskey to help sell them <laughs>
1: yeah they were they were they were already super popular uh to begin with and did not need any help selling them the uh the big thing with the the ar-15s is they were just they're hard to get Mm. and uh, so we had to work out logistics like anything you know ammo was hard to get guns were hard to get uh everything and the industry has been hard to get so we had to work out logistically you know how we're going to get that and
2: And why is that why is that specifically that ar-15s are are hard to get
1: well it's just a high demand item so Mm. you know your ammunition a little bit more starting to come out now like ammunition is hard to get because um, the manufacturers of the primers are having trouble getting the raw material to make the actual primer. And the primers, um, like the little circle on the back of the case that you punch with the firing pin and it sets off, goes through what we call flash hole, goes through the flash hole, and then goes into the actual case itself and ignites the powder. And so that that, that starts the, the chain reaction, and that's been hard to get um, because the manufacturers are having trouble getting the raw materials. So uh, they're predicting ammunition shortages through 2021, maybe even into 2022. Wow! So, with all that being said, um, a lot of the primers, a lot of people don't don't realize this. A lot of the primers, um, there's government contracts out there because government buys ammunition uh, for you know the law enforcement side and for national defense and civil defense and all this other stuff. And so, a lot of these primers are going. To these ammunition manufacturers but these ammunition manufacturers are having to fulfill these government contracts and and so the commercial market right some people go, oh, it's the civilian market it's the commercial market and the government market right are competing against one another for the same for the same stuff and uh, for the same for the same product and uh, the government markets gonna win out because you know your Winchesters your Remington's your Hornadays uh, etc are, are not wanting to lose those government contracts because they're big government contracts. And then what they do is the overrun um, gets sold off to the commercial market. Uh, so that's what's going on. So you're, you're, you're going gonna to see this ammunition shortage continue. And if you're a reloader, it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue as well. Glock.
3: You know, that's what my question was going to be, Aaron, was uh, for those that reload. And I don't do it myself. I just I don't trust myself because, you know, we're talking dangerous materials with black powder and stuff like that. Gunpowder. Um, is, is it really straining those? that And usually guys that reload have tons of, you know, tons of uh, supplies. Uh, but at Southern Armory, do you guys offer the reloading supplies?
1: We do. And, and so we do have some powder and primers and kind of odds and ends. Uh, but nothing like it was, you know, prior. So we're having trouble getting the projectiles and the cases just, just like everybody else. And it'll come, it'll come up and it'll be like, Hey, we've got, you know, seven pounds or eight pounds, you know, we'll go get these one pound jugs of, of, you know, p- uh, powder. But, you know, we do have a limited amount of stuff there and you are right. You know, the reloaders, you know, they buy stuff, um, in quantity, you know, I, I, I reload and I still got a four pound jug, um, Four, four. Yeah, it might be a four-pound jug of uh, uh, powder for my pistol uh, ammunition, and it re- it's really a broad spectrum. It it reloads all your handguns from. And is there 25. is there a concern
3: of it going bad? Like, how do you, how do you store it to make sure? Like a dehumidifier or something like that.
1: Keep it keep it dry. That's the, yeah. that's mm. the thing I'll tell you. And and you get some of these guys that are a little over the top and. Uh, and they have like nitrogen and they'll take nitrogen and they'll they'll top off the they'll top off the uh, actual jug itself. Now I've got buddies that <laughs> do the same thing with like, you know, automotive stuff like, you know, brake fluid, they'll put nitrogen over the top of it cuz it stops the oxygen wow. from getting his moisture. And, and it's fine if you've got then I'm not saying everybody run out and buy a nitrogen, you know, <laughs> canister, but <laughs> you've got the ability to get up or whatever, you know, more power to you. I don't personally. Yeah, I'm not do it. that guy. Don't worry, I'm not
3: that
2: guy.
1: <laughs> I just keep it in a in a cool, dry place and and call it good. So,
2: Aaron, you were talking about uh, you were just getting ready to mention the uh, the classes starting back up with all these new first time gun owners out there in the area. We know that they're there because. Uh, you and and uh, the other stores in town have been uh, selling guns to a lot of first-time gun owners this year and unfortunately they haven't been able to get uh, very much training because of the coronavirus and restrictions on having gatherings and things like that Uh, what's the what's the latest there
1: so we are going to start those up Uh, you can get more details call the shop 314-965-4867 that's 965 guns and uh, get put on the list we'll send out an email and so, uh, basically, it's going to be a hybrid class. Will be some virtual. We're all getting, you know, the Zoom has taken over, mm-hmm. is what it seems. And we'll we'll work through all the NRA stuff together.
2: Can um, you legally? Life. can you get your CCW over Zoom over virtual calls, or do you have to be in person to get that uh, certificate legally?
1: So. And so that that was the big question. Is like,
2: well, how.
3: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Aaron, are you still there? He did say that was a good question. I know he did, but then we lost him.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We don't have a good answer. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) We had a good question, but not a good answer. Uh, Aaron, are you there? Mm. All right, well, we lost Aaron Tarlow. Make sure that uh, if you want to get an answer to that question, you can give him a call out there at Southern Armory. Check them out on the web at southernarmory.com. That's southernarmory.com. Yeah, that's right, and uh, Southern Armory on Facebook also is a great place to keep up with Aaron, and uh, we'll get that question answered next week. Right now we've got to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk to our friend Virginia Cruder from The Daily Caller. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to... Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo here in his studio with producer Chad Ellis and my partner Bill Matthews. In just a couple of minutes here, we are going to talk to our friend Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller, get her thoughts on the DNC and the RNC and the situation up in Wisconsin and all the impact that the coming elections could have on your Second Amendment rights and gun laws and all that stuff. So uh, looking forward to talking with Virginia in just a moment. Uh, also coming up, uh, maybe next week or the following week, we are going to get our buddy Tim Shelsvick back on the show. Tim, of course, there at Drury Outdoors. Um, hunting season is going to be here before you know it. And I was talking to Tim, and he was telling me that uh, September is National Tree Stand Awareness Month. I think that's right. It's it's either National Tree Stand Awareness Month or just Tree Stand Awareness Month. But um, we're going to talk to him about, uh, about that and about hunting and everything happening out in the great outdoors. And, of course, every time we talk about the great outdoors here on Second Amendment Radio, it's brought to you by... Razorback
3: Armory. Razorback Armory is in De Pair, and they are your full-service firearm shop that strives to be the area's premier destination for firearm enthusiasts. Whether it's repair, restoration, or you want to buy brand new, go see them. They're a half mile east of 270 on Manchester Road. Look for the big tennis sign, because they sit right next to the tennis store. RazorbackArmory.com. Tell them Bo sent you.
2: All right, and now let's go ahead and get Virginia on the line with us. Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller, thanks for your time today, my friend. How are you?
5: Hey, I'm good. I actually just talked to uh, Mark Cox yesterday about this, and uh, so I'm ready to talk about it. We didn't really hit the gun laws so much, just kind of general. Yeah. From the SEC and, and whatnot, but yeah, it's, it's definitely different vibe than last
6: week
2: (laughs) yeah no kidding no kidding well let's let's start there then what um what did you like about the uh the rnc this week and do you think that they uh the republicans were able to do a better job than uh the democrats
5: well what i think is interesting is that you know we've we've been hearing for the last three years um what were you thinking electing a uh, uh reality star as as the president of the United States, that was dumb, right? <laughs> well, now look at the production value of what he's putting on compared to what the Democrats who've got Hollywood in their pocket were able to do last <laughs> week. And I don't know. I <laughs> it, It's a stark difference. I mean, it really the way is. they're rolling out, the way that they've got the speaker stacked. And you really, you get a feel for President Donald Trump not as a president so much this, this time around, but as a showman, because he clearly knows what message he's sending every night. And the way that he's got the speakers based out, he's doing it intentionally to hold your attention. And it is working, I think, as far as, I mean, somebody, uh, Katie Pavlich said last night, if we were to, to hold an election two Based on the people calling in to C-SPAN
3: alone, hmm. President Trump would win in a, in a landslide. You know,
2: right. I, I'm Virginia, ca- Go ahead, Bill. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, no, I, I just wanted to point out, the, the first moment that I saw the uh, the RNC at the beginning of the week, I was like, it was amazing because when somebody was standing at the podium, the, the movement of cameras and everything, I thought, man— he, he has got somebody from the Apprentice production team on his staff to do this because it was displayed so slick. And sure enough, oh, yeah. two former Apprentice producers were tapped to help uh, put mm-hmm. on the RNC. I mean, it was just a dead giveaway because last week at the DMC, they had it was like Zoom calls. Everything was like a Zoom call quality. And I but he, it, was like a to... it was like a PBS yeah.
2: telethon. It was like a PBS telethon. Virginia said it right,
3: though. He is a showman. He, he yeah. definitely put it out there. Right. Mm hmm.
5: Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's not to speak to, and, and to his leadership style or, or anything else, just the production value of the show that he's putting on. Yeah. The Democrats could not match it. Yeah. Um, and then now I, I don't know if you guys heard this yet, because uh, it just happened yesterday. But now Nancy Pelosi is going public and saying that she doesn't think there should be presidential debates.
2: Huh. Why not? My, Virginia, you, Virginia, you're a little muffled. I don't know if you can fix that or not. It's not too bad, but you're a little bit muffled. But it, did she explain why she doesn't think there should be uh, presidential uh, debates? Said, Is it coronavirus? No, it was actually
5: because she didn't want to give President Trump a platform to lie more or something, something to that effect. She didn't want to legitimize his point of view by letting him
2: debate. Wow. wow. This on the heels yeah. of Hillary Clinton saying that Joe Biden should not concede the election under any right. circumstances, which is just absolutely I unbelievable. I don't think the American
5: people fully comprehend just how good the Democrat Party is at gaslighting.
6: Mm. Um,
5: but we are about to get a master class. I, I, I mean, th- yeah. that's just that's the only thing that I can think of, because and I, I don't know if you saw this. You know, normally there is a post-convention bounce. Like the the party who holds their convention, they see a little bit of a bump in the polls right after. Biden didn't. But what was really telling was a couple of days before the polls came out, there were a bunch of articles in The Washington Post and Politico and other other places saying stuff like, well, you know, the post-convention bounce has kind of been going away over the years. Maybe this is the year it disappears entirely. <laughs> or Joe Biden isn't going to get a, a convention bounce and here's why. Like they were prepping you for it.
6: Yeah. Right. So
5: what is going to be interesting is whether or not Trump gets a bounce because the, the media was going all out in in preparing us for Biden to not get one. And then, of course, he didn't. In fact, he should have gotten a bump when he named Kamala Harris as his running mate. and instead he lost two points. So
3: And you know, I, I'd like to interject Virginia that uh, it's yeah, it, right away I, I switched over to liberal uh, uh, network news and all they were complaining about was the fact that that Trump was using the White House as uh, as his you know one of his points of uh, location for the RNC. Well, we're all being told to stay home more, and the guy's just following the and, and rules.
5: Went, well, it, it's one of those things, like the Hatch Act, he's not supposed to use the power of the presidency. Like, anybody know, doesn't know he's president, you know? There, there is no one who is going to see him speak somewhere else and suddenly feel like, well, gee, And Virginia, not even hasn't, with Joe Biden. Isn't the
2: Hatch Act the, the – there's – I'm not I'm not kidding. Like there's literally never been anybody prosecuted under the Hatch Act. Am I right about that? Like I I um, I, I don't think know, it's uh, ever been used one time successfully. You hear it thrown out there all the time, but I don't think it's wait. ever been used successfully. They
5: did use it and I can't give you a date. I'm sorry. I know I saw this float by a couple days ago and I kind of remembered it. Um Kathleen Sebelius was was um not really tried in court, but investigated and found guilty of violating the Hatch Act, but nothing happened to her.
2: Right. They right.
5: kind of let it go, and I can't remember what she was talking about. But, but it's gotten to the was, point where every
2: time was, I hear somebody say the Hatch Act, just like I Logan, just roll my it's eyes. Like the
5: Logan
6: Act.
2: It's right. just like yeah, um, and and the only
5: the only instance that I think where they may actually. Do, and I think they're already investigating this because what else does Congress have to do? Well, you know, we're paralyzed because uh, of COVID and everything else. But they're already investigating because Pompeo spoke
6: from yeah. Israel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And,
2: yeah, I, yeah. That that you know what that too like you do, like John Kerry and Hillary Clinton were uh, yeah. secretary of state. And they you, you think that they weren't. uh very politically active when they were secretary of state. Like, give me a break with all that. Uh, we're talking to right, Virginia cruder right. from The Daily Caller. Virginia, uh, before we run out of time, I do want to get into a couple of the uh, I want to get your thoughts sure. on um, the impact that these elections could actually have on people's Second Amendment rights. We hear Republicans and we hear Donald Trump saying that Joe Biden's going to, you know, come and get your guns and, you know, he's going to um, uh, you know, limit, uh, limit your Second Amendment rights, but we've had Democratic presidents in the past. Um, in your opinion, how important is this? Uh, I was going to say we've had Democratic presidents in the past, and we, the Second Amendment, still stands. So, right, but but, right. Well, but we're in, yeah, but we're is. in new, yeah. I mean, we're in, we're definitely in 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 a uh, an area that we've never been in before. So, in your opinion, uh, very seriously, how much? Could this election? Um, how much of your Second Amendment rights could be at stake in this election in November?
5: Well, I think there there are so many so many wheels in motion when it comes when it comes to that. Um, because right now we have a generally favorable balance in the court as far as defending the Second Amendment. Yeah. Um, you have um, and and that balance could change depending on. Whether and and, well, actually, the balance probably isn't going to change right away because the most likely person to retire is uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Mm -hmm. probably. Mm
6: -hmm. Um,
5: And if Biden is president, she gets replaced by somebody just like her, most likely. Right. And if Trump is president, she gets replaced by somebody who is probably more in the vein of Kavanaugh, Gorsuch. or even somebody more libertarian and and kind of down the middle like Kennedy. Right. Um so so I think that as far as tipping the balance of the court to keep it in our favor, you want to keep President Trump in office. But to get those people to the court, you need the Senate. And that so I think the real issue is not so much the presidency here but the Senate and and the House. Mm. So if we can flip a few seats in the House and keep them from just pushing anything they want, if we can keep control of the Senate and keep anything from getting past there, even if Biden is president, his only option in that case is executive action. And while Kamala Harris had said that if she were president, that that was one of the first things she was going to do, um, people are more likely to file lawsuits over executive action. And the court is more likely to take it up because the court doesn't like the president claiming power that it wants to have. Mm. And the people don't like the president claiming power that they want to have. And so you see, it's, even if he does take, that's why more, more uh, Democratic presidents don't take executive action on that, because it's so much easier to overturn. Right. It's so much easier to throw it out entirely. I mean, look at Obamacare. I mean, how many lawsuits have challenged that and how difficult has that been able been to undo even parts of it because it went through Congress? Right. Um, But Obama's executive actions, Trump has had no problem dismantling the stuff he didn't want.
2: And what about the gubernatorial race here in Missouri? Uh, How much has Nicole Galloway talked about the Second Amendment? How big of a deal is that for For her and for Missouri Democrats, do you think that if um, if Nicole Galloway were to somehow uh, take that win that election and knock Mike Parson uh, out of the uh, out of the uh, uh, governorship that they would be coming for some gun rights here in Missouri? Oh,
5: I'm sure that she would try, um, but again, it, it's the same thing on a state level as it is on the federal level. If you if you can run it through Congress, it's much stronger mm. than if you try to act on your own as a governor or, uh, you know. So, I could see her trying, and it certainly seems to be in the vein of what she would want. But I don't know how far it would go especially if she knew that she had opposition in in the House and and Missouri Senate, Um, because if you don't have the people behind you, eventually you lose, even if you win the short victory. Um, so, So, you know, she may be looking forward to a longer career in the governor's office or moving forward. And if that's the case, uh, having your like signature legislation or your signature executive order overturned because the people didn't like it really doesn't play well if what you want to do is move up or move forward. So and, and I think that the same translates to a Biden presidency. I don't think yeah. I don't think he really wants to get rid of the Second Amendment. I don't think he really understands the implications of the Second Amendment. <laughs> I mean, this is the guy who said fire two blasts through your front door.
2: Yeah, I mean, exactly. Can you imagine? Exactly. He said, said that a double-barrel shotgun is...
5: I wish I had done that.
2: Yeah, he said like, a double-barrel shotgun is the, is the best way to protect your home. Firing a double-barrel shotgun into the air, I mean, yeah. But he's also the same guy, and this is why you just can't trust anything he says. He's also the same guy that said he would put Beto O'Rourke in charge of... You know, the going and getting the guns if he was elected president. So. You know, Especially it, your it, AR-14s. Uh, yeah, and your AR-14s, yeah. right.
5: Um, he can have all the you
2: know, AR-14s he wants. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Let's just give them up right now, everybody.
5: Yeah. Uh, Clarence Henderson, civil rights activist, uh, spoke at the RNC on Wednesday night. And he was talking about something about Joe Biden being a politician and Trump not being one. And then he said politicians are a dime a dozen and leadership is invaluable. I'm paraphrasing, so don't right. – you know, but but he's right. And I think that some of these things are just Joe Biden being a politician. I think he said, I'm going to put this guy in charge of you know, guns because Beto O'Rourke was endorsing him, and there was a crowd of people there who loved Beto and everything he stood for. Mm-hmm. So I I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Biden isn't actually going to put Beto O'Rourke in charge of guns. I mean, who who's going to do this? This is a guy who has a harder time putting a sentence together than Biden does. I and mean, right. that's impressive. All and what on does it that itself. even mean,
2: putting him in charge of guns? Uh, yeah, it, it, the whole I thing mean, is just a mess.
5: It's it's one of those things where I think it means that Joe Biden is going to get Beto O'Rourke on the phone once every couple of months and say, so what do you think about gun control, Beto? <laughs> and they'll have a good conversation. And then Joe Biden will go back to doing what he's doing. Right. And it won't actually. Co- so I don't think. He'll don't go think back to the Democratic
2: Party and danger. ask what I'm supposed. Yeah. What am I supposed to do next? Right. And they'll tell him. I don't him.
5: think there's any danger that Beto O'Rourke will actually yeah. be in charge of anything. But. It's still something that you have to consider because you know Joe Biden isn't going to be doing this policy on his
2: own. No, you got that right. That is Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller. Unfortunately, Virginia, we are out of time. If people want to read your columns, follow what you've been uh, working on with the RNC and the DNC and uh, the situation up in Wisconsin, what's the best way for people to read your columns and follow you on social media?
5: Okay, well, you can find all of our stories at dailycaller.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at Daily Caller, and you can follow me personally at V.A. Cruda.
2: V.A. Cruda on Twitter. Virginia Cruda, thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you again real soon. Have a good one. You too. All right, we've got to take another quick break. When we get back, we're going to go fishing. We're going to talk to our buddy uh, Mark McMurray, the owner of Bluff City Outdoors on Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors. Don't go anywhere. the great outdoors Tony Colombo here with producer Chad Ellis and my partner Bo Matthews And uh, in just a moment, we're going to talk to our friend Mark McMurray from Bluff City Outdoors. And unfortunately, we have to end the show uh, with some depressing news. Uh, We'll get into that in just a second. Uh, But uh, the good news is that Bluff City Outdoors is still there for you if you're going fishing, even if it won't be at the Catfish Classic. Uh, They're in Alton, of course. Check them out at 2813 East Broadway in Alton. They have you covered uh, with all the catfish fish gear, a huge selection of crappie and bass lures, spoonbill snagging needs, all taken care of there. Everything you need to go fishing, they have for you at Bluff City Outdoors and the owner of Bluff City, Mark McMurray, joins us on the line right now. And uh Mark, this is uh this is some this is some sad news. We were just a few weeks away from the second annual Alton Catfish Classic, but uh Coronavirus strikes again. Um, what is uh what's the uh, what's the update on the tournament?
4: Yeah, so so we decided we've been you know we've been monitoring stuff and you know it just uh, we're in that region four over there and you know things were getting stricter and stricter as a number of cases was increasing and then the city of Alden canceled all of its events through the end of the year and we just it just decided that hey the, the to be on the safe side, let's, you know, let's, let's cancel it. I mean, it's really hard to do because yeah. it's such a great event. It is. Uh, just, it, it came down to, hey, we need to do what's in the best interest of everybody. And, um, you know, the worst thing would have been if we'd had it and, you know, a bunch of people come up getting sick from it. Uh, so we just decided it was, we'll cancel it. We'll have it next year. We'll sync it up again with the Alton Expo. But, um. Yeah, it was it, it, it was a shame because it's so much such a good
2: event. Yeah, I literally just found out about this a few minutes ago, and you said it um, um, officially got canceled. We were talking off the air just a moment ago, and you said it officially got canceled on uh, uh, last Friday, about a week ago. And um, and I guess you know, with the expo not happening and all the restrictions like you mentioned going into place, it was just something that uh, that we couldn't pull off this year.
4: Yeah, it was just looking like it was just going to be too difficult. I mean, you know, they they were shutting down the bars and and the restaurants. I mean, you hit all these people in from out of town, and they're not going to be places to go eat. It, it was just, you know, we just decided it made it made the most sense.
3: Yeah. How? Well, the good go the ahead, good man. news is is they didn't outlaw fishing. That's a good yeah, that's a good thing.
2: Exactly. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> exactly. It could have been worse. And that's, and that's kind of what I was just about to say was. Um, what else, how else has, uh, has this season been affected by coronavirus? I mean, I've been out a lot. I, I fish a lot anyway, but it hasn't slowed me down at all. In fact, I almost feel like it's the right thing to do because I'm out on a boat and I'm, you know, maybe have one other person with me and we're outside and we're social distanced and we're not around anyone else, no large groups. So, uh, I've kind of looked at it as fishing's the almost the proper thing to do right now is is has this been a, a good year or has coronavirus really hurt the the fishing industry um at least for you there at, at bluff city
4: i can stop. for us i mean it's we it's been busy i mean it's been sort of non-stop since uh since it started back in march and all, and all across the country it, it they couldn't have done i mean the fishing is the one industry that is really benefited from it yeah I mean license sales are up all across the country there's so many new people fishing and now a lot of them we're seeing through the doors again and again and again so hopefully from the fishing perspective that this bad situation will end up being a little nugget of gold there for the fishing business
3: yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's hope so. Uh, you know, we we talk about you know guns on Second Amendment radio and the great outdoors and the uh, background check, uh, you know, business is booming every week. It's more and more and more. Uh, do you have a gauge of uh, of fishing licenses? Do you sell fishing licenses out of there? And do you know uh, are those on the uptick as well for the year?
4: I, we don't sell them there, but I, I they are significantly up. Wow, uh, in yeah. Illinois, and all across the country. It's the one activity everybody's been doing. I mean, one of the best gauges is I get pictures from, you know, from other big box-type stores, and their ship shelves are bare. At least we've, we have a little bit of different supply chain than they do because we do a lot of things direct with the company. So we've been able to keep things stocked a little bit better. But it, it, it's really been – The the noticeable the amount of uh, foot traffic coming through the door.
2: That's fantastic. So um, people hear me talk about Bluff City Outdoors every week on the show, but um, uh, explain for people that haven't been out there yet. uh, Tell people about uh, the shop and everything you guys offer.
4: Yeah, so we're we're sitting over there in Alton. We're just uh, a mile down the street from Fast Eddie's. Most people know where that's at. Sure, and and we we cater to. The, the gear for the big catfish in the river, but we also have probably the area's largest selection of, of crappie baits. Um, we just have added so much more this year, and then we have a good selection of bass fish and stuff. And uh, we, we cater to the fishermen. I mean, we don't we don't sell crap. That's the one thing I will say.
3: You know, mm. if it's something <laughs> we know you can't
4: go out there in the river and handle a big catfish, we don't want to sell it. Because you're, it's, it's available out there. You're, yeah. You're going to... You're Going to be heartbroken because you lost a good fish because you went to someplace else and bought a piece of crap,
2: right? So, right, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I highly recommend you get over there and you check it out if you need to fill some gaps in your tackle box. That's not a small store by uh, any stretch, but um, it's it, they they use every square inch of the place. Um, it's 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 a good-sized store with a giant selection inside. So get over there and check them out at Bluff City Outdoors. And Mark, uh, before we let you go, uh, one more time, we uh, unfortunately you you guys had to uh, cancel this year's Alton. Catfish Classic, which was right around the corner, which is so part of, you know, that makes it even more depressing is we got so close uh, before the, the plug had to be pulled. But uh, you guys do plan on going forward with the tournament next year, correct?
4: Yeah, that's correct. We're, we're, we plan on having it again, and I'm staying out to the Alton Expo dates. We'll, we'll set our, our date for that Saturday of the Expo. And if people thing, I'll ahead. mention if I could real quick. Sure, please do. One. One of our new employees down there, uh, his name's Dave, but he owns uh, a hand tied crappie jigs called Jackham Jigs. Some of the best I've ever seen across the country. And uh, just people want come in and just marvel at. They're, they're like a little work of art, you know. It is cool.
3: artwork, absolutely.
4: That's seen it done you you know, before. You know, he does such a tremendous job.
2: And he's not the only one. I, You know, another thing that uh, I think we should mention about Bluff City is you guys, when you can, when it's available, you guys uh, stock lures and gear that are made you know, locally it, any ta- any chance you get. So that's another reason to get out there and check them out at Bluff City Outdoors there in Alton, BluffCityOutdoors.com on the web. Mark McMurray, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for everything you do for the show. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thanks, Chairman. You bet. All right. That's going to do it for another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. If you missed anything, download the podcast on the radio.com app. And don't forget about the podcast exclusive that comes out every Monday. Two podcasts of the show. Check them both out. For my producer, Chad Ellis, and my partner, Bo Matthews, I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Yeah, buddy. See you, boys.